we have some techniques that we've seen sort of develop through the season that we want to look at. There's a couple of that we think have led to injuries that we want to be cautious of and try to see if there's a way to remove those from the game. Uh, we still see elevated injuries, particularly concussions on special teams. We want to make sure that we're doing everything possible there. We're the one league that goes back every year and reevaluates everything we do, whether it's a safety rule or whether it's a competitive rule, whether it's taking out techniques to make our game safer for our players. Uh, that's something we do every year. When you look at officiating, I don't think it's ever been better in the league. There are over 42,000 plays in a season. Multiple infractions could occur on any plate. And our officials do an extraordinary job of getting those. Graney and Bischoff are back on the press box. Welcome back to the press box as we get ready for the Super Bowl. Want to give a shout out uh, to Spearmint Rhino as they are a big help to our team being down in Arizona to cover Super Bowl from Radio Row. Remember, you can catch the big game at Spearmint Rhino Las Vegas. Doors open at noon with free cover, free buffet, and free prizes for locals. Play on another level at Spearmint Rhino Las Vegas. Big thanks to Spearmint Rhino for getting us out at Radio Row down in Arizona. So I think we're about to be joined by A.J. Dillon running back of the Packers as the NFL season wrapping up here. Uh, A.J. Dillon running back of the Packers and his wife, Gabrielle uh, Dillon as well. So joining us now, uh, do we have A.J. and Gabrielle Dillon? Hello. 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 How are you? Good. How are you guys? Oh, doing well, doing well yourself. Good, good, good. Uh, so let's uh, let's start here with AJ. When uh, how much are you interested in watching the Super Bowl when you're not in it? Because we've heard from a lot of players this week that have said, "Eh, I don't know that I want to watch it." Is it something you don't want to watch when you're not playing in it? Uh, I watch the Super Bowl. Uh, I don't really watch much football um, unless I'm like unless it's like somebody we're studying that get, that week, like I'm studying film or something like that. But during the season, like I really don't watch other teams play. Um, but the Super Bowl, the playoffs, you know, I'm still a fan at the end of the day. I still grew up being a fan of football, so you got to watch the Super Bowl, of course. Is it is it just like watching work? Is that why you don't watch a whole lot of other football? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I get a lot. I get my my fair share of football, and more than uh, more than people, more than most people. So I feel like uh, when I get home, I don't really want to watch more of it. <laughs> So AJ Dillon and Gabrielle Dillon with us. So um, I'm curious, you guys are helping clean up after the Super Bowl. Uh, what are you guys exactly doing to help clean up after the Super Bowl? Uh, well, she's going to be making all the delicious food uh, for me and then everybody who's coming over. But I'll be tasked with you know doing the dishes on Monday. Uh, Monday, and we got this weird kind of schedule here where Monday the 13th is the day after the big game and then the day before Valentine's Day. So we'll be taking part of the 24-hour uh, finish challenge, the finish 24-hour challenge, and I'm going to be using Finish Quantum to get all the dishes nice and clean. Uh, finish Quantum is going to make sure that all the stains and all the extra food and all that is gone after 24 hours. So uh, I trust Finish to get the job done there. All right. Are you guys, are you guys uh, do you soak your dishes or do you want to clean them right after you use them? Oh, you can skip yeah, the rinse. Yeah, you can skip the rinse and 24-hour challenge is going to do you right. Right. What's what's the menu going to look like? Oh, well, we always have to go with some fancy 
fan favorites. You got to please the crowd. So we always <laughs> have chicken wings, mac and cheese, nachos, brownies and cookies. Definitely the fan favorites when we're hosting game day. AJ, what's your favorite? Chicken wing for sure. <laughs> AJ Dillon and Gabrielle Dillon with us. Uh, thanks to finish. So uh, I'm curious, AJ, do you have uh, a key to the Super Bowl? Do you have an idea as to what's going to determine who wins this game? Uh, well, you know, the, uh, the NFL is scripted. So, of course, <laughs> um, I already know what's going to happen. Um, but I'm just waiting on the 2023 script. Hopefully uh, they have a better ending for our season. When, when do you get the script? Is it right before the season starts? You get it right after the last season ends? When do you get to actually study the script? Right after the draft. You know, okay. you got to know, know who, who the newcomers are, you know. <laughs> well, he is A.J. Dillon and his wife, Gabrielle Dillon. We appreciate your time. Thanks to both of you for joining Thanks, us this guys. morning. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Thank you. Uh, so there are the Dillons as uh, we continue to get uh, interviews from Radio Row over the Super Bowl weekend. So did you see Roger Goodell's comments about referees? They're doing a great job. Yeah. Is it, is better than quote? ever? Not, not everybody loved that quote. He said, I don't think it's ever been better, right. according to Roger Goodell. You think he's right? I mean, I'm not a guy. I know a lot of people like it. I'm not a guy who really jumps on the bandwagon of criticizing them all the time. I'm just not. Um, I, th- I probably think that the way the game is played nowadays and that they're bigger, faster, stronger, that it's probably harder than ever to officiate a game given how those athletes are. Now, maybe that means those guys need to be in better shape or younger because there are a lot of guys uh, long in the tooth, shall we say, who are still refereeing and who are still doing the job. So better than ever, probably not. But I'm not going to sit. I don't sit there and, and criticize them unless they miss calls on the Cowboys. And then I start. <laughs> and then I start throwing that. I start throwing that rubber remote that you gave me for throwing against you the still got it? Dodgers. We throw. I throw it all the time. We complain about referees every single season in every single sport. In every sport. And every single year. People will tell you this is the worst refereeing has ever been. I've never seen the refs be this bad. It's the same exact opinion from fans every single year. It just usually rotates through which team lost and there was a questionable call against them. And sometimes it's not even a questionable call. Sometimes it's just, ah, I'm just not happy my team lost and I don't think they should have called that. Exactly. Right. But we do it every single year. We, we should probably start making a compilation every year of people complaining about referees, referees. in every single Umpires, sport. referees, officials. Right. And here's the thing. Complain about refs. That's perfectly fine. That's part of being a sports fan is yelling about the refs. It's not that you sh- shouldn't be allowed to complain about refs. It's just the idea that when people are like, oh, this is the worst refs have ever been. That's not true. Like we, we, we say that every single season, and it's just not accurate. In all honesty, Roger Goodell's probably right. It probably is the best refereeing we've ever seen in pretty much all of our sports. Referees probably get better every single year. Now, I come on this show every day in the summer and complain about the strike zone in Major League Baseball. That's just because I want the robots to call it because we got something yeah, we that's going to be accurate. We're pro-robots. Right. But it doesn't mean that the home plate umpires calling balls and strikes have gotten worse than they were 20 years ago. We just now have the technology to call it accurately every time. Angel. Well, he's been, some of them have been around for all 20 years. They've been bad forever. Right. And their eyesight's gotten worse. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Some of them, but 
for the most part, refs and umpires, they're probably better now than they were before. Do a lot more studying, I'm sure. Right. A lot more off-season drills and, and studying of the game and the rules. Yeah. I mean, I bet, especially for umpires and others, I bet the off-season was they have other jobs. They're not out calling balls and strikes. They wait till spring training as well, where who knows what kind of training guys go through now in the off-season. They get paid enough money. I know they can have other jobs, but they get paid enough money to where they can do some off-season training and, you know, not go poor. I mean, they, they get paid pretty good money, those guys. Yeah. Uh, the other thing Roger Goodell said yesterday, the NFL is the starting this season. I didn't know this, that they are going to be able to flex Monday night games. So late in the season, they can flex Sunday night games. So if there's a better matchup that's scheduled for earlier in the day, they'll put that on Sunday night and move a game out of Sunday night happened to the Raiders this year with the Patriots. But they're also apparently going to have the ability to do that for Monday night games because I'm guessing ESPN doesn't want to have a bad game. Right. on their Monday night primetime. Um, but he also said they're going to look into flexing Thursday night games, which would mean moving teams up three days to play and moving teams back, back from Thursday to Sunday to Sunday. So if they, when they do Monday nights and if they do Thursday nights, that is going to be good for TV networks, obviously, right. because they'll get better games. That is going to be good for fans watching at home because we'll get better Thursday night and Monday night games. Presumably, we'll get better games or at least I don't know if it's going to be good for the people who are in the cities going to these games. It is horrific. To say, hey, by the way, your game is now three days earlier. It is unbelievably bad for the people going to these games because it's, it's one thing if you move a game from Sunday at 1 to Sunday at 5.30. Right. Like it's still going to be a pain if like I scheduled a flight and all that stuff. But it's one thing to do it on the same day. It's a disaster if you move the game one day back to Monday, because if you're traveling in, if you're going to a game on a Sunday, you're probably flying out on Monday morning. Whereas in this scenario, you're going to be you're going to be Danny. Stop distracting us. Okay. <laughs> Danny just wrote on the, on the board, board that Jay Crowder was traded for five second round picks as if that's important news. <laughs> I thought you were writing like, we've got somebody calling the show. I thought Anthony Davis was traded. I mean, that's pretty big. It is not. No. You didn't even tell us who he went to. <laughs> I was going to say, that's why I was whispering to you, who did he go to? The Nets. You didn't even know until <laughs> no. now. Sorry. The Nets are trading. <laughs> the Nets have him. Yes, the Jay Nets Crowder. are trading him to the Bucks. Jeez. Oh. Nobody cares about Jay Crowder for five. If there's not a first round pick, it's not important. Everyone cares about Jay Crowder. Even he hasn't even played a game this year. But I'm in the middle of a sentence. Ed is not looking at me at all because we're both trying well, I'm to looking read. At where Jay Crowder? I just wanted to know where he went. Right. The, you've written two things on the board today. One was, did you want to, uh, uh, did you want us to have you text Darren Millard to say, hey, we might be a little bit late. Perfectly valid thing to write on both the board. Both said right. no. And now you're yeah, like. Yeah, you both immediately right. shook your heads no. And now you're like, Jay Crowder for five <laughs> second round picks. That's a lot. <laughs> no, you didn't even know who he played for. I did. You did. Well, I got confused because they still, like, obviously, since he hasn't played for the Nets yet, they still posted him in the Suns. And the first thing I saw was the Nets. So I was like, oh, 
Guess what, Danny? I, f- I forgot he was the in Lakers the other are trade. trading Thomas Bryant to the Nuggets for Devon Reed and three second round. I picks. did see that. Why didn't you write that on the board? <laughs> Jay Crowder's more important. Hey, he he's trying played. to keep us up on the news. He's you, trying to keep us up you know on the news. You know what's going to happen now, Ed? The Bucks are going to be in the finals, and Danny's going to be in here every day after Jay Crowder scores like 17. Yeah, Jay, Crowder, Jay Crowder's going to make the clinching shot right, he's to gonna win have the like championship. A, yeah. He's going to tip in an offensive rebound to win a finals game, and Danny's like, I tried to he's tell you. It was guys, a big It was deal. a big news. Just like I tried to tell you guys about Brock Purdy, and you didn't believe me. He's also not going to win rookie of the year. So he might. I gave you the opportunity for the early victory lap, but you didn't want it. Don't forget that when no, he loses today. I, I won't celebrate early Don't when, forget. when he brings the championship home. Don't forget. Not the championship, but the award. All right. Coming up next, we talk about some conference expansion and where UNLV fits. Bischoff's briefs. I'm asking you if you know the difference between right and wrong. I discovered at a very early age that if I talk long enough, I could make anything right or wrong. Bischoff's briefs. So either I'm God or truth is relative. Bischoff's briefs. And in either case, booyah. Bischoff's briefs. Danny, I can't believe you haven't written on the board that the Jay Crowder trade is actually a three-way deal because the Indiana Pacers are getting Jordan Nora and two second-round picks out of it. Man, this thing just became so much bigger. <laughs> I don't. We don't have enough Stop room on our about board. It. Stop it. Nobody cares about room. Jay Crowder. Stop it. Everyone cares about Jay Crowder. Stop it. Bischoff's Reefs today is taking a look at some Pac-12 expansion. Brett McMurphy, we've got two different reports here. Brett McMurphy, well, they say the same thing, but Brett McMurphy earlier in the week reported that the Pac-12 commissioner, George Kliakoff, is visiting SMU. McMurphy also reported that SMU and San Diego State are the top options for the Pac-12 if or when they expand. John Canzano had a report yesterday that San Diego State received a visit from George Kliakoff back in December. Mm-hmm. So the Pac-12 has visited San Diego State and is visiting SMU, and those are considered their top two options for expansion. So already visited San Diego State, visiting SMU. Is it fair to say expansion is imminent for those two programs? I think it's all market-driven, right? I think they want to, you know, losing USC and UCLA, so you can get into Southern California with San Diego State, uh, and the Dallas area is huge with SMU. So, if they have to have expansion for their media rights deal, those two, because of you know, like I said, those two because of the markets seem to make some sense. Yeah, which that's that was part of McMurphy's report is that the Pac-12 is looking for more members and effectively more games to sell to their next TV deal right. or media deal, which, uh, by the way, McMurphy said is expected to rely heavily on digital streaming services. So you ready for Pac-12 football on Netflix? On uh, Netflix, yeah. So, uh, But that's sort of the general idea is they want to add more schools and effectively more games. So if you're adding more schools, where should you add? And a lot of the times it's simply driven by who's in the biggest market. Right. And Dallas is pretty big. The main question for me, though, is yes, SMU is in Dallas, but where do they rank on like the 
the what do people in Dallas care about in sports? Oh, like, well, far down the list. It's Cowboys one through 10. Well, yeah. And then after that, I'm guessing like every professional sports team in the state of Texas. Far more than is probably ahead of SMU. Like I'm guessing like the Spurs, even though they're not good, are probably going to get more eyeballs than SMU SMU football. Maybe I'm wrong. But I'm, that's what I'm sort of assuming here is that SMU, yes, they're in Dallas, but they're not really. I don't think you're wrong at all. A big deal. I mean, hell, TCU's there too. They're not even the biggest. I mean, are you talking college. yourself into you into it if you're uh, uh, Kliakov? I mean, because you're getting the Dallas Dallas uh, and you're getting Dallas uh, market, and you're going to be in the Pac-12, right? Which is far more superior than what they've been in, right? I, I think you can pretty easily, and and maybe. I mean, if you're the Pac-12, you don't ever bring up that the Dallas Cowboys exist. You're like, yeah, of course, they're in Dallas. SMU, right. everybody loves SMU in Dallas. So, but I, I do, it still does make some sense to go to Dallas, given how big that market is. And if you're betting on potential, if SMU does become good. Good, yeah. Then like they once were. You've got they a cheated. good time, a big program in a big city, or a good program in a big city, and that's going to be extremely valuable for a conference trying to make money off television. So the question I have for you, though. UNLV. Because John Kenzano also reported that Fresno State had short interactions with the Pac-12. California. Now, maybe that was a phone call and the Pac-12 said, we're not interested in Fresno right. State. But John, there's been no report about UNLV getting a visit or about UNLV yeah, having actually. short interactions with the yeah. Pac-12. Is UNLV worse than SMU and San Diego State for the Pac-12? I'm telling you, you make good points about SMU, but because of the market, I think those two are better. I think they're better fits because of the markets. Again, I do think losing USC and UCLA, San Diego State gets them back into Southern California. Right. I, I, think, I think they're an obvious one. Yes, to they're me, obvious. that one's like, like that's the more. number one, and who's yes. no, you're searching for Who's number your second two? one? I, my genuine question, even though we just spent three minutes talking about markets and how important are they, if UNLV was any good at football, would they be an obvious I think number two? An, I don't know if they'd be obvious, but I think they'd be a much more uh, exciting option for them. Because um, SMU is not uh, great at football. They they were, and they got the death penalty and everything. But SMU is not great at football, but... Last 14 seasons, they have won at least seven games nine times, right? They're a competent football program, group of five football team, right? Where UNLV can't go to a bowl game. And I genuinely, I wonder if UNLV football was was, SMU football was not. Yeah, exactly. Just that. Because I don't even think SMU has like a nine win season in the last 14 years. Seven wins go to a second tier bowl every year. If if UNLV was that level of successful with football, which isn't even that good, it's just hey, you're slightly above average. They might they might be the clear number two. They honestly might be if the because if you're the Pac-12, for everything that might excite you about UNLV, right? It's Las Vegas. It's a it's growing the market. Yeah. There's other sports here. All of that. I do think you genuinely look at UNLV and you say, okay, if we add them. When do they win their first conference game? Right. Like, are we adding a program that is going to be, you know, win three Pac-12 games in their first four seasons in the conference? 
And as much as the market's great, what are we doing if we add just a complete bottom feeder to our conference? Because even if you want to... In the most important sport. Right. Even if you want to jump in on the potential of, well, uh, if UNLV gets Pac-12 money, they'll be good. Right. Exactly. That's going to take time. So you're, you're signing yourself up for five years of potentially the worst college football program in the country. They've been that, basically. You're signing yourself up for five years of the worst team in the Pac-12 being UNLV, and I don't know how attractive it is because do you remember before the football season started when we looked at their television schedule? It's been two years in a row that Fox Sports has not taken a UNLV, a UNLV game. game. They've been on the stream. They've been CBS Sports or streamed. Yep. That means for two straight years, yep. Fox Sports has taken has looked at all the games and said, we don't want and a declined. single UNLV yep. game. Right. And if you're adding teams because you're trying to sell a television a deal or a deal? streaming deal, right. and Fox Sports says, eh, no thanks to UNLV, right. why would that help in your negotiations? Right. So I think, in all honesty, UNLV football, being as bad as it's been for as long as it's been, is a big reason why SMU would be ahead of them, even though SMU is the maybe the 10th most popular sports team in Dallas. I don't even know well, if they are. And like you said, in the state. Yeah, yeah. Well, if you across just across the state, if you just pulled all of the people in Dallas and said, you know, who are your rank your top rank teams. your favorite teams, right? SMU football is going to be down the right, list because you're going Cowboys, Mavericks for sure. I'm yeah. guessing the Rain- I mean, the Rangers for sure. The Fort too. Worth area, but TCU. Yeah, you're going all four of the major sports teams in Dallas. Yeah, TCU. I'm guessing Spurs, Astros, yeah, Texans, Rockets. Rockets are probably ahead of them yeah. too. And then Texas. Texas football, Texas A&M yeah. football, like Texas Houston Tech. football. Yeah. Houston basketball. I'm guessing they, we just named. Are they like, 15? We just named like 14. Well, they might be at this point. <laughs> like they're pretty nondescript. Like Tyler said, they're, they're seven wins and go to a, right. some bowl over here. And which again, had UNLV been the last 10 years, I think that would have been fine locally. Yeah. You uh, win seven games, you go to this bowl over here. The question on Fresno State, I don't understand why they get brought up so much. I don't understand what value they would have right. to the Pac-12. Like They're in Fresno. They're not in San, San Diego. Diego or L.A. or the Bay. Like, they're in Fresno. Yes. I, I, they, they always get brought up, too. It's always like, ah, they might be interested in Fresno. And I'm like, why? why? I d- like, yeah, they're better at football than UNLV, but just if they add San Diego State, they're good. There's nothing else going to happen in California. California. Right. So that one's always confusing. And I wonder if short interaction just means Fresno state called and the PAC 12 accidentally answered. I mean, if I'm, if I'm all these schools, I make, I make yeah. a call. I mean, you know, if you're, uh, if you're Eric Harper, I'm on the phone all the time trying yeah. to get them to talk to me. You hope if you're a UNLV fan, you have to hope right now that Eric Harper has already called the PAC 12. And didn't wait until this news broke to call the Pac-12 right. because if that if that's how it happened, they're they're far behind SMU. And I don't not, think so. I think he's already up. called. So you have to. Yeah. Does this happen soon? Do you think this summer? I mean, when's the media rights deal up? Uh, that is a good question. But you can announce it before. Yeah, I mean, you that's can announce before an extension or whatever did. it is. Yeah. So do, does this happen this summer? I mean, if they're already meeting on campus yeah. and it's kind of clear they've identified two. This could happen this summer, this, right? This could happen fast. So San Diego State could be... I mean, granted, they might stay in the Mountain West for a year or two right. because that's how these tend to work, but they could be out there. They could be joining a new conference as soon as the summer. 
You were asking about the Pac-12 media? Yeah. Uh, it expires July 1st, 2024, so next summer. Okay. Yeah, so but yeah like could, Tyler said, you can you can negotiate a new one. Well, right. I think they are trying to negotiate a new one right now. Right. They could pretty easily. San Diego State and SMU could pretty easily announce they're joining the Pac-12. In 2024, 2025. In, right. And that's when the new media deal yeah. starts, and they're good to go. And tune in for SMU and Cal on Disney Plus or wherever yeah. their streaming service is going to be. All right. Coming up next. J.R. Starkis joins the show. I must find Clyden. Yeah, no, no problem. Yeah, he just left his baby with two drunk dudes. Reminds me of my dad. Only thing is, one, we're not babies. And two, we're not that drunk. We're not that drunk. Cheeky bastards. We're not that drunk. It's never too early for him to mix up some drinks, even if it's only nine in the morning. Find out what's on tap with extreme mixologist J.R. Starkus. Follow him on Instagram at J.R. Makes Drinks. It's an easy call. Southern Glaze Wine Spirits and Beer of Nevada. Easy call. Easy call. The extreme mixologist. Follow him on Twitter at J.R. Starkus. Director of Business Development over at the place I just said. <laughs> Red like a pro. Yeah, Nicely done. I mean, and Nicely that guy. Done. I hope your buddy's listening, John. Wait, which, which who's the buddy's listening who doesn't like with the way uh, we say it? The Vikings fan. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, Johnny. Yeah, no, Jay? that's Dave. 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 <laughs> Dave does uh, not not uh, not the fan of uh, yeah. the Tyler. Wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. What are you making for Sunday? I'm actually gonna be. Um, I'm gonna. <laughs> I'm not making anything. I'm gonna be at Southern Highlands oh. Country Club. I'm going to be watching the game there. Okay. I was about to Play say, around? I, want, I want an invite to your house to yeah, eat whatever yeah. you're cooking. No, I'm not playing beforehand. You're um, not playing beforehand? No. no I, um, a buddy of mine who's a member there, I'm going to go hang out with him. But I'm assuming that there's probably plenty of people trying to get off in the morning before oh, absolutely. You know, to the get, game. To so, get back in? So, yeah, I, I don't even think he wanted to fight it, and I don't blame him. You know, That'd be a tough get. I mean, it's not like there's that many people out there, but still, I mean, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's a great course, but that's yeah. okay. There's other days to play golf. You know, but who oh, yeah. plays golf on the same day as the Super Bowl? Smart people do. No, yeah. get out of here. The Golden Knights play hockey. I'm annoyed at, noon. at that too. Yeah, that's great. Did the Golden Knights play hockey? At yeah, noon? they right. play at noon. That's great. No, it's not. What, do you, what is there? I don't want to watch the Golden Knights on Sunday. There is nothing to watch until three thirty-five, probably in the Super Bowl. Like it's all talking head garbage. There's <laughs> nothing to watch. I'm not going to be watching it. I'm going to be walking so, my dogs. So what's the problem then? You don't want to watch the Knights game just because you want to watch. I got dog? other things to do. I got oh. activities so to you, accomplish. Okay, like okay. if I got to vacuum my house, which I haven't done for like four days. So I just get up to. in the morning and. Yeah, hey, these like are the days to hours. get a little extra winks in. Oh man! Saturday yeah. and Sunday. These are the days where it's yeah. not a five a.m. wake up call. I mean, I know you're up at four. Yeah. Wait, but... Danny, write this on the board. Matthias Thibel's going to the Blazers. All right. <laughs> For a fifth round pick. <laughs> for five <laughs> second <laughs> round picks. Have we talked to you since the Niners got blown out? Uh, you oh. did, but you didn't mention it. And the, the, well, it's the Super Bowl, the, you know, this game is definitely an asterisk game. You know, we'll get. Oh, is it? Is it? Oh, yeah. no. Yeah. Here well, we I mean, go. It is. Oh, no. I mean, Here we go. There wasn't, that wasn't a real football game. I mean, we could have put together a team and gone out there. And, oh, you know, no. And I mean, it was a real football it game. It was not. I mean, yeah. if, if you know. Exactly what the other team is going to do because they do not have a quarterback that can throw. That's not a real football game. But well, that's also on don't get Shanahan. your quarterback hurt. 
You, Why is it on Shanahan? He should have been doing trick plays the entire second half instead of waiting till the last drive of the game. It's on uh, Shanahan because his quarterbacks got hurt because they couldn't protect the quarterback. It's not like the quarterbacks got hurt because they tore their ACL slipping on the stairs. They got tackled by the defense uh, and they got hurt. No, 100%. But I mean, you, you face in the fourth round or fourth uh, quarterback in the lineup and it's an asterisk game. That's and he was talking wow. so much before the game. He was very no, it's a, a, yes, good. Good yes. for the good for good for the Eagles, you know. But apparently not. It's an no, asterisk. It, if it they was. Win. I mean, good for them. I mean, hey, listen, you're there. And, if they and, beat and the, the Chiefs, aren't. it's still an asterisk. They're not going to beat the Chiefs. I mean, no. the Chiefs. they're favored. Doesn't matter. I don't care who. That's just favored. You guys are dismissing it like there's a zero percent chance they win. I mean, it's they they actually had such an easy road to the game. That they're not going to be ready to go. Well, that's what you should get. Yeah. You're one seat at home. No, no, no. But I'm saying, like, even their. I'm not talking about the games. I'm talking about the Niner game. It was such an easy game for them because they knew exactly what was coming. And like, all right, just play the run. They didn't have to like really think about it. So they're going to come into this game really not prepared for what the Chiefs. We're going to see a blowout. <laughs> not going to be prepared. Not going to be prepared. I don't yeah, think it'll uh, be a blowout, blowout. But I like the Chiefs to win. Yeah. You yeah. say it's a blowout? Chiefs by a hundred. <laughs> oh man! I no also respect think, whatsoever. Yeah, no, I also think either. the Chiefs are going to win. Yeah, though. Yeah, but three I'm not touchdowns. like ah, no chance. I don't three know about touchdowns. three touchdowns. Four touchdowns. I say four like, touchdowns. I'm hoping for like ten. They are. You know ten the touchdowns. You know the. You know the <laughs> total books here. You can uh, go bet alternate points uh, spreads. You can go bet Kansas City minus. I'm sure twenty seven and a half. What would that you want pay me to. to look that up? Probably that quite me? a lot. It would. Yeah, I would say if you're saying minus twenty seven and a half. What's, what's three be... touchdowns? Give me three. T- what's oh, twenty one? Backing off pretty quickly. Here. Oh, I want to see what. I mean, we got to make sure we put the smart money on this. Twenty one or twenty seven? Yeah, so. I've already put a lot of money. On yeah, oh, boy. Boy. See? oh boy. See, it's probably going to be pretty good. It's going to be a good bet for you. All right, while Danny looks that up, what are you making for us today? <laughs> So this wh- is for the big game. Yes, for the big game. While you watch the big game, you know I, I get it. A lot of people are gonna drink beer. Like that's the classic, the quintessential game drink. Uh, but you may not like beer, or may want to try something different. So I just wanted to make a drink that I think goes well with the game. And and um, so I, you know, a lot of tequila in general right now is absolutely on fire. Right on fire, especially in our city. Um, tequila even outpaces vodka. It's crazy how how many people drink tequila. Really, right now. it's insane. So, and and with that being said, there are a lot of variants of tequilas coming. A lot of different brands coming out. Um, but uh, one of the brands that actually came out several years ago um, that is quite tremendous. It's called Twenty One Seeds. Twenty One Seeds is an infused tequila. Uh, they have three variants. They have a Valencia orange, which is the one I'm using today. They have a jalapeno and cucumber, which is delicious as well. And then they have a third one, which is grapefruit and hibiscus. All three are tremendous, make great cocktails. Uh, but for today's, I'm using the Valencia orange variant. Uh, very affordable tequila. It's got, of course, a little bit of flavor to it. So it's it's. I, I, I don't want to say on the sweeter side because then people are going to think there's like all the sugar and stuff added, but it has flavor to it. So it's not as dry as, you know, your typical tequila. Uh, so for this drink, we're going to use two ounces of the 21 Seeds Valencia Orange. We're also going to use for a little bit of bitterness, we're going to use Campari. So half of an ounce of Campari. I've used this many times. Uh, we're going to add a little bit of pineapple juice, so one ounce of pineapple juice, three quarter ounces of le- uh, excuse me lime juice, and a half of an ounce of simple syrup. So you can think of this as like a slightly bittered 
orange, and pineapple margarita, if you want to look at it that way. Looks like it. Yep. And you take all those ingredients with ice, shake them together, strain it over fresh ice. The garnish can be really anything you want, but I just garnished it simple with a Luxardo cherry on a, on a cocktail pick. Uh, but you could use an orange, you could use a dehydrated fruit, you could use a pineapple, whatever you, whatever you so desire, frankly. Uh, but the drink is really kind of a wonderful variant on a margarita that, with a new tequila that can be used in many different ways. So two ounces of 21 Seeds Valencia Orange, half an ounce Campari, one ounce pineapple, three-quarter ounce lime, half ounce simple syrup. I don't know if you know the answer to this. What's the significance of 21 Seeds? Uh, it's two sisters and one best friend. Okay. Create the brand. There it is. Two sisters and one best friend. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yep. That's where. Could have been here all day. We wouldn't yeah. have guessed that. <laughs> that's correct. That's correct. Uh, I would have been like, "There's 21 I would seeds have in there's orange. Like, yeah, yeah, are there no, seeds in no, tequila no, now? No, no. That's <laughs> what that's, that's where the name comes from. 21, two, two sisters. One so you surprised that tequila is that popular? No. More than vodka? Well, yes, more than vodka, maybe. Um, I mean, listen, vodka's still up there. I don't want to make it sound like it fell off the map. Right. But tequila is insane how how many people drink tequila now it's um it's fun to see i love the spirit but it's also a bit concerning because there you know there are the way to build the, to, the way to make tequila you have to let this agave grow in the ground for it's supposed to be you know seven to ten years they say and um it, it takes time to do that because there's no way of like really speeding it up however with modern technology and you know loopholes and whatnot people are cheating the system a little bit so there are a is lot it of making it better or no, making it worse no it's making it worse it's watering it down it's uh it's making people do things sooner than they should so if you're a purist it, it it's difficult because you're you know you stand back and you look at all these things and you say to yourself like all right well i know what it takes to make this how in the world are all these brands coming out where are they like so more just more get it to market to make money a lot of people are doing that yeah there there so there's some there are some um brands out now that are poorly made and they're rushed to the market uh and it's a shame to see that because that you know to make tequila it, what what if you go down to mexico and you see agaves in the ground typically an agave grows for in theory seven to ten years before you pull it out of the ground to start making tequila you can do that two times before the the nutrients in the dirt are so depleted that it's 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 gone so generally what happens is they'll plant corn Right, because corn will reinvigorate the nutrients and such in the in the, the soil, soil, and then you can go back to planting agaves. So when you're driving through Mexico, if you're looking, you'll see agave fields, and then you'll see corn fields, agave fields, and corn fields, and it's just this big rotation. But the more and more brands that are out there, you're like, where the heck are they getting all these agaves from? It takes seven to ten years to grow it. Well, the logical explanation is they're either getting agaves out of the ground much sooner, right? which is bad, which is which is not good because they're not letting the sugars accumulate like they should which means that they have to add things to cheat the system. Right. Or, you know, you're supposed to be using agaves from, uh, like, five specific regions of Mexico to make tequila, right? Um, Jalisco being the largest one. They might be, illegally such, going to other per other areas of Mexico and, and pulling agaves in to increase volume or using not 100% blue agave to increase volume. Um, they're not supposed to be doing that. They're supposed to be regulated. But it's becoming, I think, more and more difficult for the the Mexican government to kind of keep up to date with what what's going on. So it's a, it's a bit of a shame, uh, but you know there are a lot of great brands that are out there as well, and you should just keep drinking those. <laughs> <laughs> what do you use in your favorite drink? In my favorite drink, yeah. As far as like you know, in the front, margarita. As far as margarita. So 
It's funny you ask this because I actually did a uh, sampling. I did the margarita with the same recipe, but I used 10 different tequilas. And I made, but I made the exact same drink. And there is a, a Patron makes a variant called Roca Patron. And Roca Patron is a silver, like just like the Patron that you know, but it's, it's made 100% Tohona and it's 90 proof. So it's a little bit different from the regular Patron silver that you know. It's, it's a, a bit of a more expensive variant. But in, in my opinion, out of the 10 that I tasted, you know, and I could have done it with 50, frankly, but out of the 10 that I tasted, it was head and shoulders above how the others tasted. Uh, the others were very good, but this one was just special. So my favorite margarita would be made with Patron silver. Roca. So you've never changed your mind on last day on earth, you get one drink, that's it. That's it, man. That's the If it's made right, you can make it terrible too. But <laughs> if it's made right, that's a great that's drink, it. man. That's the one. Man. You go out smiling? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's like, because it goes with everything, like little maybe some chips and guac or something, but I don't care what I'm eating. A well-made margarita does a job, man. He's J.R. Starkus, Southern Glazers Wine Spirits and Beer. Thanks, JR, our extreme mixologist. And now we got tickets to give away to go see Jimmy Buffett coming to Las Vegas, playing at MGM Grand Garden, 702-364-1100. That's the phone number. Be caller eight right now, and you'll win a pair of tickets to go see Jimmy Buffett here in Vegas. Back to the Finley Toyota Studios for Granny and Bischoff on the Press Box. Wanted to say thanks to Spearmint Rhino for helping send our team to Arizona for our coverage from Radio Row. And remember, you can catch the big game at Spearmint Rhino Las Vegas. Doors open at noon with free cover, free buffet, and free prizes for locals. Play on another level at Spearmint Rhino Las Vegas. Uh, The NBA trade deadline is today. What were you going to say, though? Oh, the Bulldogs got the cone on. Oh, what's wrong with yours? Mine does, too. Uh... (laughs) limping they didn't take the x-rays they thought it was something in the foot uh in the paw so we'll have to see uh can't lick the paw what'd they do to it antibiotics oh they took a cyst out okay gotcha Mm -hmm. what's yours uh eye ulcer that will not heal it's medicine he's got like four eye drops that go in there twice a day and it just will not heal all the way so it's been it's been like two months that we've not gotten this ulcer to actually heal and he's actually doesn't pick at it too much. Like he doesn't try to scratch it all the time, but you know, he does it once or twice. That's all it takes. So plastic cone or blown up cone, plastic one. Okay. He's uh he's not in it when we're home and sitting next to him. Cause we can stop him if he wants to itch it. Right. But at right. night and when we're yes. gone, yes. he's got to have the cone on. It's brutal. I feel so bad for him. Oh, I do too. That's they just, they feel so bad. They feel embarrassed. I took my dog to the vet. I actually took my other dog to the vet earlier this week. There was a blue healer at the vet. You you aware of a blue healer? This is like one of the most energetic dogs on the planet, right? There's a blue healer in there. Dog's got a cast on its arm, right? So, or front paw. So must have broken his leg or something like that. Just full cast on it. Has the little donut thing around his neck to keep him from looking at it. Owner comes out and this dog is trying to run and jump on everything. (laughs) And I'm like, dude, you got one bad leg. Stop trying to jump on it. But blue healers are just the most energetic dog. And so even How a big broken leg. This one was actually pretty pretty big. This one had to have been 50 plus pounds. Oh, wow. Um, okay. My uh, fiance's brother has one that's uh, a year old, maybe two years old. Yeah, 
less than 30 pounds, 25 pounds, something like that, I think. And then somebody else I knew in Mississippi had one. And Nut jobs. I think that one was under 30 pounds, too. Uh, but yeah, they're ju- they're insane. They are all over the place. Like we've we've babysat the dog before and stuff like that. When when this dog was a puppy, I was holding it. It just leapt out of my arms and just <laughs> fell on its back, and was probably from, fine from like five feet up in the air. And it limped a little bit, but then she was fine <laughs> after that. Absolutely insane dogs. And now I've seen one, even with a broken leg, they're not going to stop. They're this was at the going. vet in the waiting room? No. Well, yeah, yeah. The one with the broken leg, yeah. Was, right. They were done with their vet visit, and they were trying to pay, and the dog is just losing its mind, jumping up oh and down, God. trying to play with other dogs. And I'm like, dude, you got a broken leg? Relax yeah, for a minute. That's not the bulldogs. Oh, bulldogs don't move. No, they sleep and just kind of <laughs> hang out and snore. They snore all day, and it's not good. Yeah, it's the best it's, if you don't yeah, want to actually do anything. Love, uh, yeah, I feel bad with the cone, though. All embarrassed. Yeah. They don't. Crazy. They don't like the cones. My my sister has a golden doodle. I think he's nine years old now. She had a vet tell her that her dog, even at nine, needed six miles of exercise a day. Okay, six a day. A day, which seems excessive. We have a green belt by the house that, well, not now because it was leg, but we run him uh, back and forth. He will run back and forth to us like twice, like. <laughs> If it gets to like eight times and he's <laughs> foaming at the mouth and he's just like, then he's just like walking back and forth. It just becomes hilarious. Yeah. Six miles. I don't know if he's done. I don't know if he's done six miles in his life. <laughs> I think I've done six this whole year and four of them were yesterday. <laughs> it's, it's an insane number and that's a nine-year-old and it's not a blue healer or it's one of the bad things about like having Huskies, especially here where it's hot. Huskies need yeah. so much yeah. exercise. And in the summer it's brutal. Yeah, you can't go outside. They're they're meant for the snow. It's it's rough having big dogs that need exercise.